a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. So here we have the the promise of the virgin birth already. And and now it says that he, this promised seed, shall bruise you, the serpent, on the head. So this, and you will bruise him on the heel. So uh, this is talking about the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus. So this is the first gospel. What in the world? The Lord's Supper is to help rediscover your innate goodness? Holy smokes. That's like saying that glasses are to make sure you can't see. It's like saying your shoes are there to make sure you can't walk. It's like saying it's like saying a boat is there so that you sink to the bottom of the ocean. That's the goofiest thing I've ever heard. Councilman Darren Layton. Thank you, Mayor. On balance, I think as far as whether we do it on the 6th or the 12th, it matters about as much as my collection of Table Talk radio points. Exposing mysticism one praise song at a time. You're listening oh, to Table Talk Radio. We haven't done that in a while. Uh, do you even remember how to do the praise song, Cruncher? We, I remember I have these vague, vague <laughs> memories of listening to praise songs on the radio, but mostly they've been blocked out. They're, are they repressed memories? It could be. It might come all come back to me. You, are you, I'm a little worried about that. Okay. Well, we'll see if they do when we do the praise song, Cruncher, yes, a little bit okay. later in the show. Also, we're going to be uh, doing some bumper sticker theology, so that's lined up. Uh, we have a new—I mean, we're not going to play it today, but we have a new twist. I think we at least announce uh, for the game uh, uh, bumper sticker theology. Yeah, how is that? We're going to be—if um, if there's a car with two bumper stickers, then you give me one, and then you give me options for the other, so i got to see what the con- bumper sticker context is. That's right. So when you, when you report your bumper stickers in um, to my email address, evan at tabletalkradio.org, or our voicemail system, because Pastor never checks the voicemail anyway, uh, <laughs> 1-800-385-SOLA. That's true. Why um, does that even still forward to me? I don't know. I don't, you just delete it. Um, anyway, yep. tell me the bumpers, the multiple bumper stickers that are on the same bumper, and then we're going to throw them at Pastor Wolf and see if he can guess which one should be all together. Uh, this will be interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. But first, buzzwords. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got one for you. Okay. It is this word called ecumenicism. Hmm. Ecumenicism, noun, reading, by the way, from Theopedia, refers to a movement or effort promoting unity among Christian churches or denominations. In a more general sense, it may refer to movements promoting worldwide unity among the various religious religions through greater cooperation and improved understanding. So that means not just with Christians, but with everyone else. The idea is normally expressed in its adjectival form, ecumenical, in such terms as ecumenical thinking, ecumenical activities, the ecumenical movement, ecumenical game shows, etc., in a wait, special wait, wait. Did sense, you think of that last one? Maybe. In a special <laughs> sense in a special sense. I mean otherwise people could just read this off of Theopedia. I know. We need to we need to spice it up a little spice bit. Spice it up. All right. That's all. Okay. Um I I am by the way in favor of ecumenicism, um, like in the ecumenical creeds which we adhere to. <laughs> hey, that's the next paragraph. I, <laughs> I by the way have never thought the ecumenical creeds to be all that ecumenical because <laughs> You have uh, the Eastern Orthodox who are saying, hey, wait a minute, you guys added the filioque. That doesn't count, so that they're out. And then you have that little line in the uh, Nicene Creed, or no, the Apostles' Creed, uh, or no, which is it? 
um, about baptism. Yeah, baptism. I believe in that, one baptism for the remission of sins. Oh, that would be the Nicene Creed, the Ecumenical Creed of Nicaea. Cross that out. Nicaea, Constantinople. <laughs> that that little line was added in Constantinople. I was there at the church where it happened. Really? Now look at this. Ecumenicism has a little link here. Ecumenicism: Facts and Illusions by Dr. Kurt Markwart. Oh, this is great. This is a cool. great article, Doctor. Uh, the blessed uh, Doctor Marquardt, uh, who is now in heaven. There's a link uh, to his article great. from Theopedia. Yep, that's what I'm telling you. Wow, that's awesome. Wow. Well, right. also from Theopedia, you your theological buzzword for me to you is decisionism. Oh, everything's an ism. Did you notice that? I know it. Everything's an ism. Decisionism is, in Christianity, the belief that a person is saved by coming forward, raising the hand, saying a prayer, believing in... Well, wait a minute. Believing in doctrine. That's not quite decisionism. Anyway, I'll I'll just read it. Saying a prayer, believing in doctrine, making a lordship commitment, or some other external human act, which is taken as the equivalent to and proof of the miracle of inward conversion. It is believed that a person is save through the mere means of external decision and that the performing one of these human actions also gives significant evidence of regeneration. Many who do not use the invitation still hold the form of decisionism that Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones called uh, sanitary uh, something. I don't even know why they I have that. I thought Martin Lloyd-Jones Jones is the guy who wrote the music for the Phantom of the Opera. No, that's Mar- uh, Lloyd Webber. What's his name? No. Um, now I, I, I can see where this guy was, where whoever wrote this article, cause putting believing in doctrine as a commitment, as if this would be our, uh, ladder of the mind so that it's not the, uh, adherence to said beliefs that is saving. But, um, but we would go ahead and say believing in doctrine is, is saving insofar as faith, uh, believes in a teaching, the teaching of Christ. So is that fair to say? I would say so. Okay. By the way, these isms. I just ch- changed the. I just. I'm writing an article, and I just changed the line. You want to hear this? You want to hear this line from the, my article? I'm sure you do. It goes like this: In an emergency or a crisis, the Lord's ordering of things is turned on its head. Institutions become movements. Creeds become mission and vision statements. Ministers become leaders. The Lutheran Church becomes Lutheranism, and every man becomes a minister, an evangelist without the evangel. Yeah. How about that? I just added that Lutheranism thing. Who wrote that? Because remember, it's not an ism. Who wrote that? Unless we're in an emergency. (laughs) (laughs) What else is happening here? (laughs) Going to do another show. We're going to talk about, uh, oh, email. Yeah, buddy. Oh, you forgot to pull an email, didn't you? No, man, I got it. Oh, okay. I got a couple of them. Uh, Let's see. Praise Song Cruncher, Response to Bart Ehrman, Repetition... Uh, Aha, here's one. Dear Table Talk Radio, when I heard the criticism of lots of repetition in church music, I agreed it was excessive. However, I then saw Psalm, I forgot which, I think it was 44, maybe it was 136. I saw in the Psalm repetition. Shall we create some repetition quotient? Uh, such that a single phrase after each of many different lines can be compared to several different lines and several repetitions? Uh, I uh, I note, and here's a quote from this thing, Beware of the difference between repeating objective truth and subjective response. Perhaps this is a good point. Such a caution does not speak contrary to the Psalms, etc. 
what do you think about that? So vain repetition is warned against, but in the context of prayer, please X, please X, please X, that you might be heard is different than emphasizing something important in your praise of it by repeating it, right? What do you think? Thanks, well, Joshua, for that email. Yeah, well, I think, and you're the author of the Praise on Cruncher, so you can oh, tell you're me if, if this is true, but... I think the the caution in um, the praise song cruncher is uh, mysticism. I mean, the praise song cruncher was written to expose mysticism and, and nothing else. So, uh, one of the ways mysticism is achieved is through this kind of uh, repetitious refrain, where you're just going over and over and over. And the point is, is that you're inducing a certain emotional response. Now, not every form of repetition does that, but that was one of the kind of warning signs. Uh, yes, I think that's right. So that repetition is just, um, I mean, like the praise song cruncher, which we will see later uh, when we do the praise song crunching, uh, th- these are just hints. So just because something, uh, a hymn doesn't mention Jesus, for example, doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be bad, but it gives you a hint about what's going on. And just because something is incredibly repetitive doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. It just gives you a hint about what's going on. So the Prey Song Cruncher is a tool for for exercising discernment. It's not some sort of, uh, you know... It's kind of like the guy that's driving the submarine, and he gets this little warning light being because some, like, chamber is flooding. Now, just because you have one chamber flooding and the warning light's going off doesn't mean you're going down. But once a lot of these chambers, your whole panel there is blinking red and it's buzzing, right. now you're going to go down. There's no chance right, for you. Right. That's right. So. Yeah. Probably we could add a criteria to the praise song cruncher that says, is it in the Bible? And then <laughs> it good. passes. Yeah. So the exception to the to the re- repetition is the hypnotic mantra found in the Bible. <laughs> Yeah, but certainly not, you know, there's something to this, especially the psalms that have these, that are particularly repetitive. You have a phrase over and over, um, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. And then you have all these calls and the responses and his mercy endures forever. This is the call so that you have this congregational singing and this call and response and this sort of thing. So, in fact, the, 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 the psalm is so long and has so much content and so it wants to say so many different things that the only way the congregation is going to be able to participate is by having the same call and response. And that's certainly good. And we see that in the liturgy. You know, the new hymnal has done that, like in Matins. Uh, the, the pastor will chant something, the congregation chants it back, then he says something else, and the congregation says the same thing. And then, So the congregation has memorized already their part while the hymn keeps on moving on. It does. And move on, we shall. Uh, in the next segment, we'll be doing the praise song cruncher. If you have praise songs you would like us to crunch, please give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. Or you can always just email that to us, and that address is questions at tabletalkradio.org, questions at tabletalkradio.org. During this next commercial break, you might as well log on to our website, tabletalkradio.org. Click on the Articles tab and find the Praise Song Cruncher so you can follow along with us as we crunch your favorite praise songs and be typical Fort Wayne grads. Uh, More Table Talk Radio after this break. Don't go away. Have you 
ever been flipping through the radio and suddenly wonder why you've been listening to something? Well, this is Staple Talk Radio. Does your church have a worship service? Then you'll love the Institute on Liturgy, Preaching, and Church Music coming up in Seward, Nebraska this summer, July 28th through 31st. Uh, there's some good keynote speakers, including Dr. Kleinig, Paul Solak, and there's about a bajillion seminars and workshops and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, President Harrison's going to be there, the guys at Issues Etc., the other Lutheran radio show are going to be there. I'm going to be there hanging out. So if you want, you should come to this thing. So lcms.org slash events slash worship institute, and you can find it and register now. So uh, comfort, comfort you, my people, the 2014 Institute on Liturgy, Preaching, and Church Music. Andrew Lloyd Weber. Oh, who was the guy that you mentioned? I don't remember. Go look up on Theopedia. It was close. It was the same. I think his both names had the letter hyphen in them. Probably so. <laughs> well, in this segment of the program, we're going to be doing some praise song crunching. Now, in case oh, yeah. you haven't heard this before, we have a uh, five-question uh, diagnostic to. Just take a look at the praise song, see if it's useful for worship, and particularly to see how much mysticism is in these uh, praise songs. Yeah, I remember about that. Do you remember it as, so much that you remember the questions? Well, no, but I did pull it up. Okay. Uh, so we have five questions, five dangerous questions. Mm-hmm. One, is Jesus mentioned, yes or no? Yes, of name or concept. Is this the right one? Didn't we update this? Well, are you using uh, 2.0 or 2.5? Um, oh, 2.0. Oh, do we have a 2.5? Uh, we do have a 2.5. I don't know if... Uh... Oh, well. This will do. Uh, mystical form. Truth. Does it use sentences? Repetition. Is it repetitive? Three. Mystical content. Immediate romance, loss of self, internal subjective. To be explained as we crunch. Four. Law and gospel. Is there law? Is there gospel? <laughs> is it mixed up? Five. Any other false doctrine? Got it. That's all. Pretty simple. Okay. It's a cake. So let's go to our phone line, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. Hey there, Pastors Gigline and Wolf Miller. This is Eric X. Cathedra from the Chicago area. Um, I have a praise song that I need you guys to take a look at. Apparently it was played at something called a Lutheran school rally. Uh, apparently they have a rock and praise band here, according to the pictures they're showing the photographs. And the song is called Rise and Sing. The artist is Passion from the album Passion Awakening. Um, and the genre says Christian, which is interesting because I don't see Christ mentioned anywhere in the song. But then again, you guys are the experts and, you know, you have the Fortran 99, um, you know, uh, compiled, compiled program that crashes yeah, supercomputer at the Harvard cluster from Paul the Astrophysicist. So, you know, yes, you guys are better judges of that than I am. But anyway, um, please uh, do the public service of crunching the song and, and showing us how well the North and Illinois district is, is doing, educating children, most of whom have never seen Lutheran Church before on what we believe. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, so that's... <laughs> Uh, I wonder what Eric thinks about this. I don't know. He sounds pretty uh, unbiased, you know, neutral. (laughs) Willing to hear the results of the crunch before uh, coming down to the judgment. But 
Uh, let's go ahead and listen to that song, Rise and Sing by Passion. Okay. If you're alive and you've been redeemed, rise and sing, rise and sing. If you've been touched by the mercy king, rise and sing, rise and sing, sing. Okay, so that's the song uh, "Rise and Sing" by Passion. Um, any initial thoughts there, Pastor? Wolf? Well, I'm, I'm busy. I'm look. I pulled the dictionary out. I'm looking up what part of speech "woa" is. <laughs> that being the chief word of this hymn. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> rise and sing. That's what the song is says. Hey, rise and sing. Whoa. And then as in parentheses again. Because, <laughs> you know, there's a call and so, response, right? Now, I, 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 whoa, uh, is a word. It's got to be a word. I'm just wondering if it's in the dictionary. So you're really looking at it. Oh, here it, it is. <laughs> they found it. Okay. Uh, interjection. Whoa. Meaning, uh, whoa. Uh, meaning Stop. Especially when directing a horse to stand still. <laughs> <laughs> See, that makes a lot more sense. No, no, yeah, I got it. Uh, rise and sing, whoa. <laughs> whoa, God. Whoa. That's very rude to interrupt the horse like that, though, you know? I mean, those interjections. I was trying to trot here, thank you very much. <laughs> I mean... This is what. So now, do you think this is what it means? Everybody rise and sing, whoa, like, slow down, God. <laughs> Lift up a shout of victory, rise and sing, rise and sing, whoa. Uh, I'm going to pull out my co compact edition of the Oxford English Dictionary to look up the root of this word, oh, so good. you better start crunching. Okay, well, the first question is, is Jesus mentioned uh, yes, no, and if yes, in name or concept. Well, we don't have Jesus mentioned explicitly. Um, I think the closest, closest you would get here is where it talks about um, our God is risen and reigning. Um, now, that takes a little bit of uh, understanding of uh, about God already. You have to understand the two natures of Christ. You have to understand um, the death and resurrection of Jesus. And uh, so you could get there, but... I think we're look when we're when we're talking about uh, is Jesus name we're looking for something a little bit more specific than that than just our God is risen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fall down on no on this one. Here, here by the way, is uh, the from the Oxford English Dictionary that, that goes through the history of the words. There's two definitions of woa. Oh, okay. Woa ho ho used to call attention from a distance, obsolete. 
Oh, see, they're using the so, obsolete definition. You need to, you so need to tell I, them. I know. It's like, this is like a King James praise song. Mm, mm-hmm. Hey, uh, could you update that, please? Whoa, ho, ho. It says here, Shakespeare says, uh, whoa, ho, ho, father, etc. Now, here's the second definition. A word of command to a horse or other draught animal to stop and stand still. Mm-hmm. Hints use, oh, it says it's also used otherwise in conjunction with other words as come hither, whoa, get ho, hail ho, ho back. Hints used jocularly, that means like in a game show, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. to a person as a command to stop or desist. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, I think that's probably not the right word they were looking for. No, maybe something else. I mean, unless they're telling. They, I mean, what m- do you maybe think the other thing. Maybe they have a bunch of horses when they're singing this song. They're trying to tell them <laughs> See, to it's stop. A, it's a. It, it's now. It's, okay, look. It's it's a it's a it's one of these. Hey, come and sing with us. Praise songs. You know, these happen all the time. Like, hey, uh, God is really awesome. So that's why we're all going to stand up and sing. And this song actually says that. Hey, uh, God's really awesome. So you guys stand up and sing. And then, it's, and then we say, okay, well, we'll stand up and sing. What should we sing? And they say, sing this. Whoa. <laughs> now, it's a, so it could be, I, but I, I do think that these people rise and sing. Wait, who is this? Passion, Passion. Worship Band? Mm-hmm. You got to know that things could never go wrong when you name your band Passion. I guess it could be a double meaning there, you know. They, I think the word that they were looking for was something like, Yay. Or maybe come on, e. <laughs> another sort of interjection. Okay, let's get past the word "woa" and uh, let's move on in the spray song crunch uh, and ask the question uh, of mystical form. Um, this is where you ask questions of truth, uh, that is, with uh, sentences or repetition. Yeah, there's some sentences in here. If you're bound, but now you're free, rise and sing, rise and sing. Lift a shout of victory, rise and sing, rise and sing. Whoa. <laughs> I can't get past it. I mean, every time I see it, it just makes me want to stop. Is there any repetition in this song? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> just a little bit. I mean, when a, when the first line is, whoa, uh, whoa, uh, then it says times two. Um, that'd be... That'd be four woas just from even, the beginning. They're not, it's, it's, a, it's contradicting itself, too, you know? I mean, whoa, I mean, stop, and they're going to do it twice. Keep doing it. <laughs> Fair whoa enough. Whoa, back. That's what I always used to say when I was on the back of a horse and was bolting <laughs> and almost that. Whoa, back. Uh, Fair I enough. Too bad I didn't know this song. Okay, okay so next? repetition. What about mystical content? We're looking for things like romantic imagery, hmm. uh, immediate, um, immediate experience of God, loss of self. Things being internal or subjective. Well, look. So here, it, there's a number of metaphors for salvation that are brought to this, um, to the to to the singer of this particular hymn. So, for example, here's one: If you were bound, but now you're free, and that's a beautiful picture of salvation: being bound and then set free. Uh, th- there, here's another one. It says, um, "If you're if it's in your heart, uh, rings a melody." Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. If you've tasted and you've seen. Rise and sing, rise and sing. Now, that's a biblical image, too. Those who have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. It doesn't say tasted and seen here that the Lord is good. It just tasted and seen. Here, here, here's another one. 
if you're alive and you've been redeemed, those are two beautiful pictures of salvation as well, be, uh, going from death to life and going from slavery to redemption. But here's another one. If you've been touched by the mercy of the king, that's where this starts to get a little bit uh, mystical. Ah, okay. Well, let's uh, finish up this crunch of this song. we got one more for you on the other side of this break. You are listening to the one and the only Table Talk Radio, and we're going to be more Grey Song Crunching right after this commercial break. Hi, this is Jonathan Fisk, and if you are interested in hard-hitting, dynamic, 200-proof Lutheran doctrine, then whatever you do, don't listen to Table Talk Radio. Watch Worldview Everlasting. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are... Crunching the song "Rise and Sing" by the band Passion on the CB on the album Passion something. What did he say it was? Passion R- worship passion band now. lyrics. Anyway, um, worship band lyrics. Music. <laughs> what? Eric I'm X. Totally stuck. Oh, you're still on Woa? Yeah. Look, you can come. <laughs> Yeah, Whoa. Man, uh, all right. The next question is law Whoa, and gospel. Hey, hey, that's how I do it since I'm a throwback. Since I only use, I've asked the vicar. I'm always talking in King James English. <laughs> Whoa, hey, hey. Whoa, hey, hey, thyself. <laughs> Whoa, hey, hey. That's how I would sing this song. I think that if you've been touched by the mercy of the king, rise and sing, rise and sing. Whoa, hey, hey. <laughs> Just like it because it's old. And <laughs> All right, you're a typical Fort Wayne grad. Let's timpani play <laughs> timpani drums, and if we could play a French horn to accompany it, <laughs> whoa, hey, hey. All right, what about law and gospel on this song? Well, hmm, hadn't thought about it much. I noticed. Um, I uh, whoa. <laughs> Look, it says, let the redeemed of the Lord sing, Alleluia, Alleluia. Let the redeemed of the Lord sing, our God reigns, our God reigns. To be redeemed is a law gospel word, you know. you got to be first wrapped up in sin and then second rescued by Jesus and his blood. True. Well, there's something there. but Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's certainly not explicit. All right, what about uh, other explicit false teaching? There's not much there, really. I mean, th- see, this song doesn't have the purpose. This song is not a mystical song, though. I, I mean, this song does not have the purpose of of uh, getting you to experience some sort of internal touch of the divine nature. This song has the purpose yeah. of just getting you to stand up and wiggle around. But isn't isn't there something about um, this mysticism of getting people jazz and excited. So, I mean, th- this is the song. Remember we talked about the progression of praise songs? You start out with the song that gets you jazzed, gets you up, and then the other songs slow down and, and kind of make, make, make you kind of crash so you have this yeah. emotional experience. There is something to this mysticism of getting you kind of excited in 
the name of God to think that you're equating this excitement with uh, being loved by God. Isn't that true? True enough. I think that's what this song is doing. Now, I, I, I think see. it's interesting. Let's see. Where was this talking about? Um, yeah, things like uh, our God is risen and reigning and we're elevating the glory of our God and King. And you have our God is, oh, that's the same line. Uh, that's just repeated. Um, I think it's interesting that in the scriptures, in uh, John chapter 16, wh- where the talk of, of Jesus being glorified comes from, is when he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, John sixteen fourteen says, He, the Holy Spirit, will glorify me, for he will take all of mine and will disclose it to you. Yes. So so this, glor- this glory of the Lord is first found in his crucifixion on the cross. We, we get that more clearly in John 17. And then what the Holy Spirit does is he is glorifying Jesus, that is, showing, teaching people Jesus. <laughs> so when yes. people are, are shown Jesus on the cross and, and the, the, the preaching of long gospel is going on, the Holy Spirit is doing its job to glorify Jesus. And that would seem then, when you have a praise song that says we're elevating and uh, glorifying our God, it would seem then that would necessitate some kind of a singing about the death and resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, you would hope so. Yes, you would. Okay, let's go to the. Let's go I, I to the... would. I, I, let me not be so presumptuous. I would hope so. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank, don't drag me down with you. Yeah, that's right. All right, we got an email from Becky. Becky says, Hello, Table Talk Radio. I just Hello, heard this Becky. song at a funeral. It is Uh-oh. I Will Rise by Chris Tomlin. Oh. Have fun and please talk about why this wouldn't minute, be wait good. Wait yeah. <laughs> this is the hymn. I will rise at a funeral? Yeah. Yeah. Have fun. Okay. Please talk about why this wouldn't be a be good to have at a funeral and it's signed the Nerf Ninja Theologian. So that's pretty cool. What? Nerf, Nerf Ninja Theologian? Nerf Ninja Theologian. In 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 T? The in in T. Oh, this is from uh remember from the Is this from the uh the the chapter the Nerf Ninja chapter of the Cult of Pure Doctrine? You're the keeper of the Cult of Pure Doctrine, not me. You need to... I totally even just forgot that we had a Cult of Pure Doctrine. <laughs> now I'm going to put it on the inside joke list I'm keeping over here. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, for those of you in Mankato. All right, let's listen to the song I Will Rise by Chris Tomlin. There's a peace I've come to know Though my heart and flesh may fail There's an anchor for my soul I can say it is well Jesus has overcome And the grave is overwhelmed The victory is won He is risen from the dead And I will rise When He calls my name No more sorrow No more pain I will 
Okay, the song continues. There's a day that's drawing near when this darkness breaks to light and the shadows disappear and my faith shall shall be my eyes. Jesus is overcome and the grave is overwhelmed. The victory is won. He's risen from the dead and in the chorus again. Uh, and then huh. the final, the final uh, stanza here. And I hear the voice of many angels sing, Worthy is the Lamb. And I hear the cry of every longing heart, Worthy is the Lamb. And you sing that twice and then sing the chorus. Uh, now let's crunch this thing. I'm wondering how this might come out. I'm glad that there's not just a word like "woa" that's going to make you get hung up so we can't crunch this. Yeah. Okay, so let's crunch it. Is Jesus I, I can't mentioned. believe you're questioning the seriousness <laughs> at which I approached the last crunch. Only the the greatest sincerity. I, I had out the, that is the first time ever I've had out the Oxford English Dictionary during the re- recording of this show. History like in the making, know. ladies and gentlemen. Okay, Jesus is mentioned here. I see it in the second uh, stanza. Jesus has overcome, and the grave is overwhelmed. The victory is won. He is risen from the dead. That's talking about Jesus right there. What? Say overwhelmed again. Overwhelmed? <laughs> Why are you putting so much emphasis on the H? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just putting emphasis on the H. How do you say it? Overwhelmed? Like as if there was no H? <laughs> just say it. You're a hater, man. You're like tearing out your throat. Overwhelmed. <laughs> anyway. That's my professional radio articulation. You are an amateur. This is embarrassing. Okay, uh, question two. Mystical form, truth, and repetition. All right, now, I think there's mostly sentences. Uh, Jesus has overcome, the graves overwhelmed. I will rise when he calls my name. No more sorrow, no more pain. Now, that's kind of, I mean, that's a little sense frame. I got the idea of what's talking about there. I will rise uh, on eagle's wings before my God fall on my knees. Now, do you see what's going on there? That's a, a kind of an artistic little move. So I'll rise. And the rising here I will in the I Will Rise song is talking about our resurrection. Mm. So Jesus will call our name. And this is true. Jesus says, on the last day, he'll stand on the earth. He'll call our name. Out from the grave we come. And so we will rise on the last day. And But then look, it says, I'll rise on eagle's wings and fall before God on my knees. Yeah, it's a little so irony we, there. Well, it's poetic. Uh, this is a thing that they call poetry, right? Yeah, yeah, it's nice. I mean, this, I think so this ni- is this nice would be movie. a reference to um, you know, every knee shall bow, uh, right? Kind of a text. Okay, and the elders in the uh, Revelation falling on their knees to worship right. the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, so we're out of the grave for the purpose of worshiping the Lord. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, mystical content. Mm. Immediacy, romance, loss of self, internal subjective. So, so, no, no, I don't think this is. Because it's speaking of the objective fact of Jesus' resurrection and the resulting resurrection that we have to look forward to. So there's a day that's drawing near, true, when this darkness, presumably the darkness of this world and sin, etc., breaks to light, true, shadows disappear, true. Now, I, don't, I do not know what this line means. My faith shall be my eyes. But I think what it means, what, what Tomlin wants to say with that, those words is that uh, what we have now by faith, we will then have by sight. I think that's so right. So now we believe Jesus, but we will see Jesus face to face. Right. Yeah, I think, that, so, I think that's exactly what he means. Yeah. Okay, so there's not a lot of uh, mystical content here, then, is there? I don't think so. Look, look at, I hear the voice of many angels sing, Worthy is the Lamb. Now, that, Worthy is the Lamb, of course, is like in every single hymn ever, and praise song also. Mm-hmm. And it can be taken to be mystical as if we are joining that company, but right now... In the resurrection. This is saying, right. it's in the resurrection, I will stand there and sing this, and that's actually true. Right. Okay, law gospel. Oh, hmm. Didn't think about that. 
Uh, <laughs> Jesus, it's, it's about the resurrection. Jesus is a... Whoa, buddy. Whoa. <laughs> Jesus is coming from the grave. It doesn't... It doesn't... It's not dealing necessarily with sin and forgiveness, but it is dealing with death and life. Okay, why don't we take the commercial break to kind of collect our thoughts on this song, and then we'll do, I mean, we'll get back, some bumper sticker theology. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Good. I'm feeling good. Can't you see you're not making Christianity better? You're just making rock and roll worse. This is Table Talk Radio. Some nights I stay up cashing in my bedlock. Some nights I call it a drop. Some nights I wish that my lips could build a castle. Some nights I wish they just fall off. But I still wake up, I still see Well, 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 whoever thought Chris Tomlin would be up on the Praise Song Cruncher with a song that could potentially make it through the cruncher. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. All right, we are at the last and final question. That is, is there there any explicit false teaching? Pastor Wolfman, what do you think? I don't see any. Uh Uh-oh, what does that mean? This passes. I think um, the cruncher. Yeah, you were you were asking me in the break what I thought of this, and I, and, I, and I like this because it's objective. It keeps it outside of us. Um, the thing that I would like to see is, um, uh, you know, this second stanza here says Jesus has overcome, and the grave is overwhelmed. The victory is won. He is risen from the dead. Um, that's that's pretty good. It's it's all outside of us. I'd like to hear more about that. How the grave has been overwhelmed, and how Jesus has overcome death. But uh, nonetheless, the point is that it's not uh, based upon our feelings and our eternalness. It's talking about the objective things that God has done for us. So that's pretty good. Yep. Yep. So that's well a done. Pass. Now, I think the musicality of the hymn would make it difficult for congregational singing. It would be more like a soloist or maybe, you know, listening to on the radio or something like that. But, um, but yeah, sure enough. I mean, I, I, I can't find anything wrong with this one. I, I mean, I think it's, in fact, helpful. I, I think the more we can talk about the resurrection, the better. And, and, and this, you know, stands against this idea that, that we won't rise, that the, that the grave is the end, or that at least the grave is the end of our body, and our, our souls go on forever, but our bodies just sit around. I mean, right. no, we will be resurrected. And it puts the proper place of being before God's face, not in this life when we still have sinful bodies, but it's in the resurrection, which our uh, sinful bodies have been uh, glorified in a sinless state. So yep. uh, that's, yep. that's where we'll see our, our maker face to face. Yeah, true enough. Okay, so that's, that? a, that's a pass. All right, now let's go to uh, the phone line for bumper stickers and church signs. The number, if you want to report your bumper stickers or church signs, that is 1-800-385-SOLA. 1-800-385-7652. And here's the first uh, bumper sticker. Hey, I've got a bumper sticker. It's on the back of a Toyota Venza. Uh, it says, Religion never saved anyone. Jesus saves Quit enduring religion and start enjoying salvation. Oh, well, that's good advice. What? Uh, I gotta pull up the the catalog of worldviews. What is that? 
Yeah. Catalog. It's never very helpful because I think we make new worldviews for every bumper sticker, but... So what's what's the I point... Around here. Uh, by the way, I found something new and fun to do, and that is... Oh. <laughs> um, I, I, I have a, a question that I like to ask people. Did I mention this on the air already? Nope. Um, well, I wasn't paying attention. The, okay, well, nobody else was then either. Because if anyone would... You yeah, would. oh yeah, I would. <laughs> well, your biggest fan. My new favorite question to ask people is um what 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 was Jesus' fundamental problem with the Pharisees? Because everybody knows that Jesus was against the Pharisees. But not everybody agrees upon why Jesus was against the Pharisees. Uh, and what I interesting I've, diagnostic. What I found is people attribute whatever their own theology is against to the Pharisees. So if you're the anti-religious type, you say, what did Jesus have against the Pharisees? And they'll say, well, because they were so religious or uh, they were oppressing the poor um, or as I think uh, uh the scriptures actually teach that Jesus um, was against the Pharisees because they trust in their own works righteousness. Um, but but it's pretty much whatever you're personally against, you're going to ascribe to Jesus's opposition to the Pharisees. So just try that out. See see what people say to that question. That is fantastic. I'm writing it down right here on the bottom of my worldview catalog notes. Sweet. Made it to the catalog. Now, now this one, though, is uh, someone who has this member sticker would say, well, Jesus didn't like the Pharisees because they were so religious. Now, um, Pastor, how do most people understand this word, religion or religious? Because religion never saved anyone, it says. Yeah, that's right. Religion. Uh, I suppose that what people, most people mean by religion is um, doing the law or legalism. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably it. Uh, and, and this kind of legalism, uh, the, the law is just hard enough so that you can't do it, but just easy enough so that I can. <laughs> right, right. You know, the I've, I've accomplished it kind of law. Well, and, and if you think about um, religion or, or being religious, kind of doing the activities of a, of a religion, I remember I was speaking to a group of uh, those who don't normally come to my congregation, and I asked the question, was Jesus religious? And uh, a lot of people kind of shook their heads, no, no way, Jesus wasn't religious. But wait a minute, wasn't Jesus always found in the synagogue reading the, the scriptures? Uh, wasn't he a rabbi teaching people? Was, wasn't he always going to the temple? Um, I mean, if, if, if that's you're going to define uh, religion, then Jesus was very religious. The thing yeah. is, um, Jesus did not find his... Uh, um, hmm, I, I need to... How do I say this? Jesus never taught that... Uh, salvation is is one through the keeping of these uh, of these things, and this goes back to the Roman Catholic teaching of ex opere operato, so that it's the act or the the doing of coming to mass, the doing of receiving the sacrament that is meritorious for salvation. And Lutherans come back and say, no, um, there's nothing wrong with these ceremonies, but these ceremonies point to Jesus. So therein we hear of what He has done for us and how the forgiveness of sins. So insofar yep. as religion delivers the teaching of Christ, I would say religion has saved people. Uh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, it's not re- of course it's not religion. It's the religion of Jesus. I mean, I suppose you could have plenty of false religions, uh, but it's the, it's the religion that confesses Jesus. It's the church that confesses Christ that, is the, that does save. Yeah. I know. So you have, you have 1 Peter 
uh, that says uh, baptism now saves you. And you see someone going through, the, through baptism and there's a pastor with robes on and they're reading through the, the rite and the hymnal and uh, saying, hey, oh, religion. religion never saved anyone. Well, we're just baptizing this baby. Well, baptism now saves you, <laughs> the scriptures say. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. <laughs> anyway, let's go to another one. All right. Hi, we're driving home from Christmas Eve service, and we saw a Chrysler Aspen that has only one bumper sticker on it, and it says, Remember God. I think uh, it's so rude to boss around God like that. <laughs> You're so forgetful. God, remember God, why don't you remember me? <laughs> hey, remember is a key theological word, by the way. It comes up in a lot of num- uh, places. For example, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy and uh, do this in remembrance of me. It Ooh. seems like remembrance is a particularly um, is a word particularly significant to do with worship. So, so uh, uh, God says at, after he gives the Ten Commandments to Moses, he says, uh, where I cause my name to be remembered, there I will come to you, and there I will bless you. So um, there's something about this remembering and worship that's, uh, that is important. Now, this, this gets terribly distorted when now the chief act of worship is in my remembrance. You mm-hmm. know? So I'm coming to the Lord's Supper, and I'm remembering, and all this sort of thing. Well, and I think about how um, in the Old Testament they were to remember the Passover— and one of the ways they did that is to uh, recite the the actual account. Um, so to remember, I guess, like the Lord's passion, for example, or doing this in remembrance of me, and and you, pray, you proclaim the Lord's death as often as you do this, um, is by uh, that preaching of the very gospel. Remembering what Christ has done is to uh, preach what Christ has done for you. To 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 not continue to preach this gospel is to forget what our Lord has done. Well, that's kind yep, of the way I that's see exactly it. right. So that so that remembrance is faith. I mean, that's what Luther will say right. when when Jesus says, "Do this in remembrance of me." He requires us to believe his promise. You can't just uh, you you know s- s- sit around and ignore what he says. Right. So right. Okay. Here's another one. I've got a church sign to report. I believe that this is the title of a sermon that's going to be preached this coming Sunday. It's called "Coming to God by Whatever Path." There's and, a worldview for the, that. Hold the, on, let me look the text for the sermon is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. <laughs> what is it? It was uh, getting to God in any way. Coming to that's God. A, talk yeah. about Go ahead. ecumenicism there. Oh, I'll that's my buzzword. Hey, that's like ecumenicism. Yeah, it is. Just like that. How many points Here, do I get? This is the wait, wait, wait. You have to give me points. You get seven points. Yes. Here, here's the worldview catalog that category that it comes under, and it's this: God is a super nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. Remember that worldview? So that worldview comes right after a little less conversation, a little more action <laughs> worldview, and the world is getter better, and I'm proof uh, worldview. God is in fact super, so super nice that He doesn't require faith in Him in order to be saved. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. God is so super nice, he doesn't care if you sin. Yeah. In fact, he doesn't even care if you reject his son, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's super All right. We have time for maybe just one more. Here it is. Saw a bumper sticker on the back of a Prius, amongst a whole bunch of other things like Coexist and NASA. Uh, It says, (laughs) pro-child, pro-family, pro-choice. Not sure how that makes sense. (laughs) It should be like this. 
pro-chosen child, <laughs> pro-chosen yeah. family, pro-choice. Yeah, it, it just so happens right. that uh, choosing to abort your children isn't very pro-family. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that is the decisionism that I am against. Very good. Three points, and thank you for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Whoa. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Whoa, hey. Thanks hey. for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your faster before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects Whoa, hey, hey. Hair loss, hallucinations, aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.